a listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Footy Talk, Journos edition. Michael Chamis, what have we got on the way? The Tigers. Oh. got some good news. What? Yes. Incredible. Danny Widler? RLPA and uh, are they bullying Journos? Ooh, bullying juice, Danny. Juicy. <laughs> Here we go. Footy Talk, Journos edition. Michael Chamis, good to see you, mate. Adam Peacock. Thanks for having me. No worries. And Danny Widler over there from Nine News. Too. Adam, pleasure to be here with you. Mm. Mortal enemies we are now oh, yeah. for the next month because I'm with obviously News Corp and Seven and you lot over oh, there just... and your plush little office in North Sydney with the Herald and Channel Nine. Yeah. Hey? We're enemies too, though. Head Danny to head. and I. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He's, he's fighting just... for the same cause and you hate each other. Yeah, well, he's on Team Gus. <laughs> Why does it always have to go there? Because you always bring it up. Because it's at the front of his mind. I always bring it up. You're never living in that. I I heard there was a rumour. What's living in that head, I didn't watch the show because I didn't want to give you ratings on Monday night because I want our ratings when I'm on 100% footy just to be better. You look at the ratings, Apparently, you didn't back me up when Gus said that the show was better without me and better with you. Is is this true? What's he going to say? Well, apparently that was – oh, okay. Yes, he said that. In a roundabout way, but it was his last comment on the show. I think I'd said goodbye by then, Chammy. Chammy, you've got an issue because the first thing you think of when you wake up in the morning, the last thing you think of before you drift off to sleep is Philip Ronald Gould. No, it's it's not. It's Danny White. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's an even bigger issue. (laughs) Hey, guys, we're going to kick off with the the thing that Chammy didn't want to talk about last week, so unlucky, mate. But it's got to the point where we understand that the RLPA, uh, (sighs) bullying's a heavy word, but trying to infiltrate the minds of journos mm. about their cause and saying that their reporting of the issue is a little skew. If Danny, what's what's the go with this? Okay, like I'll talk firstly about my dealings with – sorry, Chammy. Chammy. Sorry, 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 sorry. Well, you can talk about it if you want. No, no, yeah, keep going. I'll just – my my dealings first of all, so I can give you a, an, a first-hand account of dealing mm. with the RLPA. Now, I want to say from the start that – this whole thing bores me like it does with Chammy. Mm. Um, oh, I bore you. That's not very nice. <laughs> you bore me. Yeah, you do. The whole issue is boring. And also, yeah. uh, I don't think it's great for necessarily for listeners or readers or whoever because uh, they're not that invested in it. Mm. But when it um, impacts you personally, it, it becomes more interesting for me. And I also don't have a side in this. I don't – I think both sides have made mistakes. So mm. I want to say that from the outset. And I think both Andrew Abdo and Clint Newton have, you know, can do better than they've done. I, I was trying to find out last week about Bradman Best because players are supposed to be on this band. Mm. Bradman Best walks out of the Blues Hotel, does a media conference. I rang the RLPA to basically say, is this kosher? You know, what, what's going on? And I also heard that Clint Newton wasn't necessarily So you weren't there when Bradman? No, the Zach yeah. Bailey, the, the handsome Zach Bailey, yeah. who's a dedicated Be- listener to this podcast. Beautiful man and a beautiful person <laughs> in so many ways. <laughs> he yeah. was there for us. So I just wanted to find out how that happened because apparently we're not supposed to be speaking to players. They're not supposed to speak to mm. us on certain days. I also heard Newton might have given him a bit of a, a pull through. I was told the only thing I could get out of the RLPA was Clint Newton definitely didn't have a crack at Bradman Best. Mm-hmm which is fine, they're protecting Clint Newton. But I said, okay, what about the player? Tell me about what happened to him. Was there an issue? Why did he speak? 
oh, we know about it, but we're not going to tell you. Now, that's the most uh, childish <laughs> response you can give in that in a to a media representative uh, because I'm, I was trying to be balanced in my report. Hmm. As a result, I, I don't feel like I need to contact the RLPA anymore hmm. if they're going to treat me in that manner. It was a fair question. Fired up. I want it to be fair. Mm. Well, do you think that's reasonable? I'm happy that you're fired up. Then. But is it childish or not? Well, it's childish, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, why would they be like that? Well, probably on the same day I got a text from them asking to sit down and and discuss things as well. I, I think the RLPA, they're desperate to put a message across, which, which, which they are entitled to do, but there are things along the way that have been pretty disappointing. And as you mentioned that, that incident there, but also remember at the start of the year when they were just decided not to talk to the NRL or the NRL yes, media yeah, and yeah, and then NRL.com. Yeah, and, and Alicia Newton from NRL.com was put in a situation where she was told she had to leave the room or Cameron that's Murray right. wouldn't come into the press conference. Out like, of Penrith, that's yeah. ridiculous. You know? Yeah, the, the, the way that I, I don't think this is the media's fault. I mean, the media can be blamed for a lot of things, mm. but the, for the RLPA to somehow say, oh, the media trying to make out that the players are bad guys, no. I can understand the players having an issue. I just don't like the way the execs of the RLPA have gone about things. Yeah, you can. And they they have done things, I think, very poorly. They don't understand the media. No, you can understand. Yeah, I, I was just about to chime in with that. The, the overall overarching what they want out of it, you can understand that. And mm. that's part of negotiation. And, it's good and, to, it's, yeah, and I get they're not happy. But the strategy, the step-by-step strategy looks to have – become a bit frayed. I saw Clint Newton on Monday night at a at the PFA football, you know, round ball football awards night, and I just quickly asked him, mate, what what's the go? What's happening right now? And he goes, well, nothing. We're, we're at a bit of an impasse. And But he looked like he hadn't slept in four days. Mm. Like you say, he came here, I think he came into Triple M about a week ago, so it's not taken a toll. I'm happy to take all the bullets. Well, it looks like a few of the bullets are starting to bruise. But again, we, I didn't set out in any way to have a, a negative view of the RLPA. And I, I but the way they're treating the media, I'll give you an example. We talked about bullying, inverted commas. They have said to journos, unless you backtrack on your views or start being more even or change your tune, players aren't going to speak to you. Mm. How, how is that good advice or good media strategy? Yeah. And the, and the journalists they're picking on, don't necessarily have the same voices as Michael might have or you might have or mm. I might have. Mm. And I, I don't think it's fair. Guys, we're giving this way too much okay. attention. Right. Like I, they, I said last week, they're desperate. This is an attention-seeking operation and we're giving it so much attention. I Honestly. Well, it's not good attention. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's what they wanted. It's what I'm. I honestly so have it, no interest in talking about it whatsoever. Right. If they want to keep banning the players from ban, uh, from talking – Ban them. I don't care. What about on the fact on the eve of a Women's World Cup, huge event, there's 1.4 million tickets sold, it's going to go worldwide. They're thinking between, yeah, Yeah, yeah. uh, like over a billion people are going to watch it worldwide. And the very week that it kicks off here, and we've got 80,000 as we sit here right now tonight in Sydney watching the opening game, the NRLW launch, and these women deserve as much publicity as the Matildas, gets binned. Mm. Does that hurt it or is it only a launch? it's, It's really bad. Mm. I didn't really know much that much about it, but I saw some uh, tweets. I don't. Did you see those, Michael? At all? Yeah, but you know what? I, I actually think there's a from Tamara, the uh, Eels media yeah, manager. Yeah. She she's been on a rampage on social media and good on her. But I, I actually think the responsibility in this situation there should be some falling on the NRL male players to actually say, you know what, the women are trying to stick by 
you know, solidarity here. We, we, we'll go with the men's players and we'll go on this boycott. The men involved in the leadership of the RLPA should turn around and say, no, hang on a second. The NRLW, it is a sport that needs as much attention at the moment to continue to grow in the way it has and turn around and say, they aren't part mm. of this boycott because I'm sorry, it's it's crueling the women's game for them not being able to talk. And a lot of these women are playing in their first ever game at NRLW. There are so many good stories, so many women who have sacrificed so much to be in the situ- situation they are now. We've gone to a 10-team comp from a six-team comp and no one's talking. How is that good for any of them? And mm. I think it's on the male players in the RLPA to turn around and say to the execs, this isn't the right thing. This isn't the right thing for the, the women involved. What, did the under-19s talk after Origin as well? They, they spoke, I think, after that game. I don't know. So it just seems like the RLPA are picking and choosing. I'm getting angry because I said I wasn't going to talk about it, and now you got me talking about <laughs> now it. Now I'm angry at myself. Now I'm angry at myself. For goodness sakes. Oh, well, let's get on to a happier yes. story. The Tigers shit fight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it says. Charlie's put it down on the rundown. The Tigers shit fight. And that's I said, Charlie, we can't right leave there. with this. We can't leave with this. It's like talking about the sun rising from the east all of a sudden because <laughs> it's just it's the perpetual story. But it has twisted a little bit. The Finu brothers have come into the club, as as we know, Manly fan over here, cannot quite comprehend why you developed two really top-class talents all the way through your pathways and let them go, but it's come to be. And does this help the Fulton Marshall perceived beef? I, I, I want to know how good they are. I mean, you you watch them. You're yeah. a man, you're an invested, rusted on manly man. First of all, I haven't seen enough of them. So can you tell us what you've seen and, and what we're going to see? Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen a lot of Latu, the, right. the half. I've seen a bit of Sam Weller mm. and he looks like a guy who's going to play 200 first-grade games. He's got beautiful hands. He's like early game. Uh, I think one of his first games was against the West Tigers out at Campbelltown. Handled himself out fine. Missed a couple of tackles, but you get that from a young player coming Stand in. Standard of the fight with Brandon Wake. Standard of the fight <laughs> after he got sledged about his brother, wasn't it? Or, yeah. or something like that. Anyway, Josh Alloway came in. And, oh, yeah, that, yeah, right. that, that, that one. Yeah, he got alleged uh, allegations that he spat at Brandon Wakeham, yeah. But my, my big take is the fact that why would you spend so much time and devote so much energy into developing two Kids who are going to play first grade, and then right when it happens that they're going to step into first grade, let them go. I've got yeah. two theories. Do you want the manly answer or the real answer? <laughs> oh, give us, give us a real answer. Well, the manly answer is going to be there. Is on Hang a lot on, of I said money. Give us a real answer. I'm just telling you. I'm giving you some context. Hang on a second, Danny. You don't. You don't. The, the more manly answer is they're on a lot of money, and it doesn't. It, it, they just can't justify paying that much money. And the real answer is it's, it's a power play of management, which we, which we've spoken about before. So much so that Manly went out there in the week, and we'll talk about it later. But oh no, it's we'll talk about it. It's tight. It's all tied in. So Manly went out during the week and put out a, an article on their own website. This is amazing. Outlining the number of <laughs> player agents that are linked to the players at the club. It wasn't even an article. It was just a list. It was well, there was a couple of words there. A couple of words, but it was a list of like he. We've got seven from this stable, yeah. six from this. Six. It was extraordinary. So you're saying they're like they're that. moving these blokes yes. on. Purely because, because they they're are managed in the Mario Tartek stable. And they want Mario to have less influence at Manly and they want Isaac Moses to have more influence? Well, I don't think they deliberately set out to have more influence, influence from influence. Isaac Moses, but it's the way it's turned out. Yeah. Well, and But they did, delib- my understanding is they did deliberately seek to get the influence of Mario Tartek, who was aligned with Scott Fulton, seriously diminished at that club, which they have achieved. Mm. I know Mario Tartek was number one on that list with players seven. at that club, seven. Yeah. Well, there's two gone now. There's two gone. That's five for next year. So, oh, so that two, included those. Th- this was before the Yeah, Finu it was Brothers conveniently was, the okay. day before the, the, the Finus signed with – it's 2023. So yeah. that's that's going to go down to five. And then next year, 
the Isaac stables going up to seven anyway because Tommy Talao and Luke Brooks are coming to the club. So it was just. Did they include Lodge that list? I no, oh, he includes Lodge. Yes, twenty twenty three list. So, yeah, even though he's not a top thirty, I, I think they had thirty nine, I think 39 yeah, yeah, yeah. players. So it was. I think they might have been skewed there to help the numbers. Tell me what was interesting was the list didn't include coaching staff. Yeah, very interesting. Mm. And so what coaching? So Seves is with uh, Moses. Is with Isaac. Yep. yep. Who? Shane what about Flanagan the assistants? Is currently Flanagan. Peter Gentle. I think Jim Dimmick's deal may have been done. By Isaac, I'm not, not sure about not that one, sure. but I know that they're talking to Blake Green about joining the club next year as Isaac. Shane Flanagan's assistant, and he's an Isaac man. And look, well, wait, whatever. Man, they're, join they're Manly not, or join, join the Dragons? Manly. No, no, join, join Manly, Manly. Okay. to replace Shane Flanagan. Gotcha. But good luck to him. That's what they want to do. I just found it bizarre they're trying to justify it, probably because there's talk around Blake Green coming to the club. There's talk around Aaron Woods potentially getting another year, Lodge at the club. What I do know of Tony Mestroff, the CEO, is he's straight down the line. There's not much BS about that bloke. So no, I agree with that. Whether or not he's just wanted to, he's just over it and he went, right, here are some facts. Mm. Interpret it in the way you want. This Adam, is what's happening. I wrote a story about this at the start of the year or even, it might have been last year, I can't remember, where I, I rang Mestrov and said, are you concerned about this influence coming into your club? He was adamant they can control it. Why is it, can I ask you this, just to play devil's advocate for a second, why is it a concern if Isaac Moses has, compl- has so many players at the club? I'm not saying... It's a good or bad thing. Explain to our listeners well, the concern what is, happens if if but, Isaac Moses has such a strong stranglehold on the club. Well, probably just in general, the biggest concern about a, an Asian having a coach and influence, first of all, he can, for want of a better word, he can dump players into that club that he can't place elsewhere. Mm. That's the first thing. Then he can start to control, the, manipulate the roster. That's the other thing. And I've spoken to agents who have said that they could previously, I'm not, I'm not naming names, but when there, when there is an agent who has a, a a number of players at a club and has a coach at a club that they can direct players to that agent and then other agents mm. are scared to see their players there as well mm. in fear of, of being poached by, by someone else. So th- there's all sorts of ramifications to that. But if they're winning, Danny, it could be a, an asset to the club because especially I, for someone who has the stable that Isaac does, right? But if they lose, it takes a you long time to tear that roster apart. You, you can't. When was the last time we saw a club dominated by Isaac with mm. a coach? You know, just say it. Yeah, I'm saying it. Yeah. When did they last do really well? I'm, try, I'm trying to remember. You know when. Oh, when they did well? Yes. I don't know. No, well, what what club then? Just oh, for you're the uninitiated? The Bris- he's talking about the Brisbane oh, yeah, situation. Brisbane 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 situation. Yeah. yeah, where a number of players were with Isaac and they continued to sign Isaac players. I think Warriors didn't have a lot of success. Mm. I think Parramatta didn't have a lot of success. Well, Newcastle have had Newcastle. gone down that path recently. Oh, I just, yeah. Look, having players from the Isaac Moses stable isn't going to make your club worse. But my take on the whole thing is you, you can't just shop at the one shop. Yeah, like it is, which is what the Tigers have realised. It's beyond comprehension how stupid that would be. Yeah, Depends on what you're getting from that shop. Though, yeah, right? if you're getting the if you're getting the top quality goods, yeah, and you're getting them at a reasonable price. And I'm telling you, the ribeye at Aldi, like as good as Woolworths <laughs> is, the ribeye at Aldi is fantastic, <laughs> and it gets a bad rap. I'm yeah. telling you right now, it's the best steak you can buy <laughs> from a retailer, apart from a you know face to face butcher. Yeah, they're not doing anything wrong, manly. And to be fair, they can continue to do this. The NRL should look at it. There's been talk that the NRL have tried to ban player agents from uh, representing coaches, but my argument is nah. do you have someone who actually only manages coaches and you're not going to make a lot of money having <laughs> two coaches on your on no, your. it's not a viable business. No, so that's that's the yeah. argument there. Like, How do you actually find coach 
managers. Yeah. It's, it's not a thing. The interesting thing is, can you ever see this happening in rugby league? Some, like in, in the world of football, for instance, in Europe, agents are actually attached to clubs and they are the ones that are charged with, go and find me a player from elsewhere. And mm. the, the agent and the club actually have the attachment, not so much the player and the club, but then the agent goes out and hunts down a player. You know like what, a, that, that might happen sort of on the quiet now. Mm. Like when a yeah. coach has an agent at a club, they may be able to say, we want, you know, maybe instructing the agent to get a player. Yeah, yeah. So the, the murky world. You started this conversation with the Tigers ship fight, right? So this whole, <laughs> the ship fight started, well, started a Can long you time ago. swearing, <laughs> I'm enjoying it, okay? I'm from the West. This is how we roll. Anyway, the shit fight that I was talking oh. about before you rudely interrupted is it revolved around Scott Fulton and Benji Marshall and accusations now, that person wasn't named, but it was quite easily um, assumed from that manager that they were referring to Benji Marshall having a percentage in his agent's company, Matt Dezira, 15% share. And that was the reason why Benji wanted to bring Aiden Caesar to the club mm -hmm. because Matt Dezira was trying to bring Aiden Caesar to the Tigers, even though he was previously managed by the Ayub, Sam and Liam Ayub. Sam's son got in. Yep. Yeah, Liam. Liam's with him as well. Family business. Yep. On you, Sammy. <laughs> Shout out, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> you finished? Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> anyway, that's been put to the side now because I think these, the signature of the Fainu brothers is going to act as some sort of circuit breaker. They, Benji's going to be happy with that, right? Yeah. It's a lot of money and a long deal. The Tigers are taking a risk because these kids aren't guaranteed. But at another club that's involved in a – in a situation here over agents, like it's continuing to happen. And the reason Scott Fulton came to the club was because the Tigers recognised that previously the people involved in the club weren't going out. And as you said, shopping at Aldi, shopping at Coles, shopping at Woolies, shopping everywhere. Mm. Harris Farm Markets. Harris Farm Markets, wherever you like some to get Some sort down. of, what do you go, Bondi something? Are they a good signing? <laughs> I don't know. Time will tell. Well, here's the thing about this signing for me, it's like both someone from Manly and someone from the Tigers have put their nuts on the line, big style. Because if it's a bust over at the Tigers, mm. what the hell have you done? If they end up being, you know, 20-game origin players over at Manly, it's like, oh, good one. We've got ourselves yeah. another Moses-Teddy moment mm. at Manly for letting him go. So it's, someone is putting something big on the line from each, each organisation. Well, the Tigers are putting a bit on the line because they've paid big money for them. I know that in the negotiation process and, and the whole wooing of them, uh, there are a couple of clubs interested. Mm. Um, I, I don't know if you heard the story I told on 100% footy that Gus went to jail in Western Sydney to visit Manasi Fanu, their older brother. Mm. And I asked Gus on the 100% footy whether that was a ploy to try and be on side with the brothers, but he'd already met with the brothers and said, I don't think it's going to happen. Mm. Not at this point in, in Canterbury's life progress uh, or club progress mm. because the money will be too big and – in fairness to those young fellas, they've they've got to help their family out in a lot of ways because there's been a lot of legal bills and expense around Manasi, and I think that. Do you think that's was, why they um, rejected the Dolphins? They want to stay in Sydney for the support network. I think network? that's part of it. Yeah, yep. and I also. I don't think, think they were be, ever going to the Dolphins. Well, I don't know if they were or not, but no. I'm saying. But I think money was a big thing for them, and the Tigers have have stumped up in a big way. So it's a gamble in, in the money sense. To, to, to be fair to the Tigers, people want to criticise. I'm them. not criticising. No, them. not you. Yeah. Not you. Who are but the like, people? People, okay. People want to criticize whether it's media or social media or fans right. or whatever. People want to criticize them, but <laughs> they get criticized no matter what. They yeah, do. they've and done something positive. Well, hopefully it is. And if it's not, they'll wear it in the future. But right now, they've signed two of the young best young kids in the game. They've met. They've got a win. Like how often do the West Tigers get a win? 
they've got the win. They've got four guys to the club this year who have improved the roster. Mm. They haven't proved the results. But if they continue to think, they have had no halves for the, most of the season. Aiden sees a good signing or not if, if they get him. Yeah, short term. Short term, One yeah, year. it will help them. One or two years. But they, they need to they need to develop this Latsu Fainu into the star that everyone thinks he can be and find a seven. But uh, just for a moment, they've got someone. They, mm. They've managed yeah, yeah. to land a blow and you've got to get them, give them credit for yeah, that because... I, I think that's fair. I don't think they would have done this. And people can bag Lee Hatchup and tell us all they want. People can bag him for the way you he dresses. Won't. No, no. But How does got, he dress? The guy went and met with the agents last week. He How went, does he, he dress? He, he likes a top hat. Like Elliot It's not called a top hat. What do you want to call Top hat's in Monopoly with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or like something you wear to, what do you call to it? Uh, I don't, I don't shop at wherever you shop. What do you call it? Oh, is it fedora? Yeah. yeah. He, he, okay. dresses, he dresses like he's hunting crims in Chicago in 1930. So, you, oh, so Dick Tracy style. Yeah. You it's a good you, look. You wouldn't know. I wish I could pull it off. I can't pull it off. Yeah. Outstanding. Jamie, you could probably pull it off. I'm going to see you in one of those pretty soon. I have worn them before, yeah. Lee sent me a signed one. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, I don't even know what I was saying. What was I yeah. saying? Uh, well, well done, Tigers. Yeah, well, yeah, done, well tigers. done, Tigers. Well, and what I'm saying is we're off to a quick break. Back in a sec. Brandon Smith, gents. Always interesting when you hear a player talk about the perspective of being reported, how their actions are reported in the media. And Brandon wasn't too happy on James Graham's buy round through the week about how his uh, you know, catch up with his old Melbourne Storm mates came across. That's got, it doesn't affect me whatsoever. Like it's a, it said um, Brandon Smith makes headlines again, but it's like that's the headline <laughs> promoting the headline. <laughs> and I've put the NRL in what? And div- 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 I've divided, divided the NRL yeah. again. Divided the NRL. Mate, like, it's probably, I guess, it's not ideal to be, like, happy after the after a loss like that, especially with the season on the line. But those guys, like, those guys I'm talking to, Harry, I, like, I have genuine love for those guys. And I've just got through a footy game. I haven't played in nine weeks. Um, get to see my best mates. I'm having a laugh, like. Yeah. At the end of the day, footy is your job and my life, I would like to be happy in my life. And if I can't enjoy moments with my mates after a game, um, yeah, you can pretty much go and get fucked. <laughs> oh, he's wow. taken Chammy's swearing yeah. and gone up a grade there. <laughs> Brandon, wash your mouth out. I, I can totally understand his point of view. I, I, it's interesting. He goes, it doesn't really affect me. And by the end of it, he's, he's dropping out thoughts <laughs> about the whole situation. But I can understand his frustration and – I. Totally, I don't care if players have a laugh yeah. with their mates after a game. I could not care. Well, is it the first I don't, time I don't, know, I've seen I don't this? know if fans don't care, though, to be fair. I, what I, am I? Yeah, but I've, you're not a fan of the Roosters, are you? I'm a fan of Manly. And if a Manly player did that after a game, I wouldn't care if he's yeah. catching up with a lot of There are mate. a lot of fans who don't like the look. I, I take his point, though. I take his point that he, I'm not saying he's not entitled to, but this is, mm. it's been a tough year for Brendan Smith. He hasn't enjoyed the time that he wanted to enjoy at the Roosters since he joined the club. And He's catching up with his mates. I get it. I completely do. And I don't see anything wrong with it. But the perception sometimes... It's the change of generation. 20 years ago, no way in the world, something like that happens. But now, now that these players know each other, they socialise with each other a bit more, Danny, you might know more about this, to change clubs and Mm. everything like that. Men are outwardly okay with saying, I love this bloke. Yeah. Whereas 20 years ago or 30 years ago, you would have just got to grunt your ears, all right? Yeah, yeah. Like, the it's, it's just a change of generation. It's yeah. the perception that you don't care that's the issue. And I'm not saying that Brandon doesn't, but that's what it looks like for a team struggling at the bottom. If he was playing for the Penrith Panthers and he did that mm. after a, a rare loss, it wouldn't get any attention. But It's the not the first time we've seen it. It's not the last time no. we've seen it. We'll see it. 
Brandon Smith, he's a character of the game. He's a, he's obviously clickbait, good clickbait. Yeah, mm. you know how this stuff operates. It is, and I think I think Ben Iken made the point was uh, the other day as well about how, unfortunately, that sort of stuff sells, and that sort of stuff gets people interested. They want to know what's going on, and the stuff that you spend a lot of time working on doesn't rate. No. And in the world of a nice story, doesn't rate. A controversial one yeah. with a good headline, yeah, that draws you in. Look, that's what rates. That's what people want to read. Yep. That's what people do read. We'll get to the point about Brandon though, right? And Danny, you've written about this before, and I think you mentioned it on Monday night about he that, that Melbourne weren't too disappointed to see him leave, right? Correct. Craig Bellamy, I mean, like it'll be denied and it has been denied and Brandon came out and bagged me for writing it, but they weren't unhappy to see him go. A handful to deal with. Uh, I think the Roosters, to be very honest with you, have been less than happy with what he's delivered. On the field or off the field? Oh, I think a bit of both. Uh, and I think that he knows it. I'm not telling him – I'm not saying anything that Brandon doesn't know. Uh, he knows that he's taking sort of steps on and off the field to be a better player and better person. And I think he's going to come out the other side and be better. And I think he has the potential still to be a very good buy for them. But there is no question for, what, 800000 a year – he hasn't given them value for money. And I'm not saying anything that he wouldn't know. So how do you think this ends with Brandon, the Roosters? He's got a – he's signed a three-year deal. The third year is an option. four, yeah. Okay, third year three. is an option. In his favour. Or... In his favour. Yep. So on November 1, he can begin exploring options for 2025. What? Well, am I getting this wrong? Do well, I need to do a little know. Google search? Hang, I don't how, get this how many years – we're only so his first year. Two-year deal. I thought you said third year is option. Three year, the third year is an option. Oh, I thought. I Whose favour? It's in Brandon's favour. Okay, I, I I'm going to I'm going to do a little Google search. Okay, yeah, well, while I, you're talking. Well, okay, well, I just I think that the Roosters. I think they made a mistake in letting Sam Verrills go, uh, and I think that you talk about why the Roosters had issues this year. It's not just because of Brandon Smith, but I think mm. some of their recruitment hasn't been as sharp as it was yeah. previously, uh, and I think that the hooker situation is one. And I think that that's affected the way their halves play. I'm not a coach, but I'm just saying this is from what I see. So, so mm. on the NRO official yes. website, 2023-2024 contracted to the Roosters. Yes. 2025, he has a player option. Therefore, right. as of November 1, he can go and look elsewhere. Remarkable. I didn't know that. But uh, you said he's on $800,000. And to be fair, the way he's playing at the moment, I imagine he's going to take up the player option of the Roosters because he's not going to get 800000 I don't imagine, right now on the, on the way he's playing. You never know in this. Unless weird... the Roosters might be willing to chip in to let him go. I don't know if they're willing to let him go, but I, I do know that he hasn't given them what he wants. They they were hoping he'd give yet, yet. Yeah. And I think he's got the potential to do that. I, I mm. think he's a great, uh, potentially a very good player, and or has been has been a good player. Mm. What's interesting is um, some people think he's a lock. I was going to say, is he a nine yeah. or thirteen, Danny? Yeah. So far, he hasn't delivered what the Roosters want at nine. But if it's a 13 with Radley there, I know he's played a little bit on the – like where does he fit into – does he fit into that team as a 13 still? Probably not. Mm. I think Probably. he's your prototypical 14 off the it's bench. A, it's a lot of money, money comes 14. Off. It's a lot of money. Oh, I know it's a lot of money for 14, but it's a game-breaking role. He I looks, think that, I think players who start the game as opposed to players who come off the bench, there's an imbalance there with what their value is. Perception the of market. value. Yeah. Yeah. Perception yeah. of value. Yeah. And the way that – the 14 is treated. I've heard Matty Johns go on about the fact that AJ Brimson, he reckons he can be the best mm. 14 in mm. the game. So Valuable. If he's giving 60 out of 80 against 
Yeah. As opposed to 80 all up, why should that affect him if he's having a more yeah. material difference on the game? Mm. Anyway. Mm. Player swap, Brandon Smith, Ben Hunt. He wants to go to Queensland, doesn't he? That's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. No. Get your facts right, Danny. <laughs> Hey, do I need to even talk in this podcast? So he, he he can say things about me and then answer them about me without me saying anything. Well, guess That's what? The art you can of just media. leave it hanging out in the air, and then people will make their judgment on what he's saying. Do I need to be here? Don't leave anything your hanging anywhere, please. What's going on in your head? Don't leave anything hanging anywhere. Hall of Fame, gentlemen, and Danny, you can you Danny's can run with future. this one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I the Hall of don't Shame. Think so. George Piggins, Ian Heads. So George Piggins, known as an administrator, coach, player, legend of the game and the saviour of South Sydney in yep. many people's eyes. And Ian Heads, a long-time Juno who has a lot of respect across the game with people who work with him or people who know him. Danny, take us through these inductees. Where would you like to start? I'll go with George. Okay, George, well, obviously I'm, I was too young to see him play. I remember him and covered him as... South Saviour. Mm. And that is, let's be frank, that's why he's in the Hall of Fame because he was a tremendous player and a good coach, but where I think he really uh, made his mark and will be remembered forever as the man who was the the rock who South built their future on, which is what they're experiencing now. I've got a bad memory, right? But And I apologise if any of this is incorrect. Obviously, Souths were kicked out of the comp because they didn't meet criteria back in 90, late 90s, early 2000s. 98. Around. Okay, there we go. Pretty sure. So what happened was Super League came together, News Corp owned half the game, the NRL owned half the game. They wanted a smaller comp. They set boundaries for teams, uh, set um, uh, requirements that teams had to meet. That's when we saw mergers, the highly successful West Tigers merger. <laughs> The Northern Eagles, George Illawarra, but George said, "No, stuff it. Souths are going alone. We're going to we're going to stand on our own two feet." They were kicked out of the comp. That's it. That's it in a, a broad brush nutshell. Like that's, that's so it was the end of '99. Okay, oh, right. That was that was how it all happened. George then, along with other people, someone who doesn't get a lot of credit for saving Souths is his wife, Nolene. Uh, she drove a lot of this. She's a fighter, and she was very organised in this whole fight. And there was, there was a thing. There was a thing called, um, I think it was Team Fourteen or Club Fourteen or something like. There was a group of them who got together and decided we're going to try and fight the system. And these are well-known people: Andrew Denton, Ray Martin. Denton's. I think. I think um, Don Lane came up with a name actually. Yep. Um, Nick Pappas involved as Pappas well. Pappas was the lawyer. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so there was Ray Martins. There was Andrew Dentons. I think Mike Whitney was there Russell or thereabouts. Back then, no. no, no, not really. He no. Chimed in late. Um, there, was, there was also a bunch. I think and, uh, a bloke called Albo. Mm. Uh, <laughs> he was part of. What I don't happened know, to him? Yeah, I don't know. He, I think he kicked on somewhere. Yeah. But he, it's funny. I used to ring him, or he used to ring me for. Oh, we're we're planning this. We're planning that. And now he's a prime minister, and I'm here talking to you, bloke. So, um, does he still pick up your phone call? I don't think so. I don't think I've got his, that number anymore. He's probably, um, probably blocked you. But it was quite bizarre. Like you, I remember going to. Um, yeah, that's what happens to you, Chammy. We we used to go to. Um, I used to for a story. I was to go and talk to the the Pigginses. Go to George's house house in uh, South Coogee, and it's quite a, a nice house. And there'd be a, there was a war room set up where I think he had a games room or something or other. But that was just covered in documents and how they were doing their strategies and 
Gus, I remember being involved. He was writing a lot of articles pro-South at that time and yeah. because they were trying to beat the might of News, News Limited. And it was just a remarkable fight. There were uh, there were two rallies. People don't remember there was a rally before, the huge rally that everybody does remember. And George was front and centre there and, you know, Tugger Coleman was there and you know, Garlicks and Mart, Ray Martins. It was, it was quite an amazing time that mm. the way that it was people power. I know they had to go through the courts to win, but it was people power who got them home because they lost the first court case. I think they won an appeal and then News Corp said, we're not going to appeal again. And then they were back in, back um, in after and- a year off. What about then when the takeover happened with Russell Crowe and Peter Holmes of court came yes. in and, and George felt like he was cast to one side? Yes. Did, how much did that materially affect his relationship with the Souths? Hugely. Yeah. yeah. I, for all the years when he refused to go to – he didn't go to games, I remember. I mean, again, this is all off memory. But, yeah, he wouldn't go to games. I, I think – took a long time for that to work itself out. And I think recently, again, I could be wrong, but I think he was given life membership or accepted his life membership or given it back. Um, so I think that things are okay now. Mm. I, I had a good relationship with George and Nolene back 25 years ago, whenever it was, and they didn't like that. I was sort of seen more on the Russell Crowe, Peter Holmes, a court side of the story when – Russell Crowe wanted to buy the club. Mm. Uh, so I, I haven't had a, a great relationship with them since that time. But, you know, I still have huge respect uh, yeah. and admiration for the fight and the fighter that George Piggins is. It's um, it's a fair old legacy. What would you do, George? Oh, I saved a 100-year-old club. And look, and look at him look now. At him now. <laughs> yeah. Look, at, look, look at him now. I mean, pretty good. <laughs> and you're talking Ian Heads, right? So Heads is a journo unlike you two who – don't who doesn't have many uh, enemies. Headsy, okay. I'll give you a. I, I want to first of all thank him for he played a big part in in my career. Mm. Um, he got me over to the Herald back in the day. Our son Herald back in, like in 1996. But he's regretting that one. <laughs> he um, he and I stayed very close and have stayed close, Michael. So maybe he does regret. I don't know. <laughs> but um, look, I, something Headsy was a. A very respected, admired uh, journo who uh, had a lot of clout and still, you know, for his whole career had a lot of clout and a lot of respect of all everybody in the game. And probably the thing that I, I again, which bring coming back to the George Piggins story, which I think defined defined him in a lot of ways, uh, despite the fact that he's done forty books and mm. was editors of papers and everything else was. During that time when Souths were having that situation, he he was working at the Sunday Telegraph and he wrote a story about the previewing the march, I think it was. Mm. Sunday Telly refused to run it. Mm. Uh, he quit. Uh, he walked out and said, wow. oh, well, that's not, you know, that's not how I operate. Mm. Now that that's that's a man of principle right there. That's putting it on the line. <laughs> quit. Yeah. And well, I mean, it was interesting because during that time, that march was, I think it was 100,000 people. Again, memory. Yeah. The News Corp paper the next day ran a paragraph on it. Yeah. Whereas it was run, Your it was mob front, run the page, front page. Yeah. It was on led all the news stories. Yeah, and that's, I guess, that at his core, Ian Heads is a man of extreme principle. Yeah. Well, his yeah. son Phil worked at the telly for it's ages my, as well. He was my copy boy. He was yeah. my copy boy for a while, yeah. Uh, I think, from memory. And, um, what's he, a, what's he, a copy boy? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that when you used to like not have a computer and things like that? <laughs> Sorry. Jamie, we had computers. 
Yes. You still don't even use a computer. Well, what got, are you talking about? Has he got Danny into the game? Who was having a bad day that invited you through the door of journalism? <laughs> it wasn't me, Jamie. <laughs> uh, I rode on the back of the Dragons, to be honest. I was working at the Fairfield Champion covering your mates, Marconi, Bonnyrig, oh, Sydney United, doing a lot of soccer. <laughs> it would have been yarns there. Yeah, I actually wrote the story about when they came back into the comp and they were locked out. No fans were allowed at the yeah. United Bonnyrig. Anyway, I um, ended up at the Illawarra Mercury, my next job, and that was the, at the time that Wayne was at the club and the Dragons were doing really well. And a lot of the Herald journals weren't bothered going to Wollongong all the time, so they were taking my copy. And because the Dragons are doing so well, they required mm. a lot of copy and therefore... Reshaped a lot of it too, I think. <laughs> Uh, they took, took, took a chisel uh, to it. Listen, I'm going to give you a wrap in a second, okay? I was going to give you a wrap in a second. but Twisted some of the words back into English. What yeah. does that say? Yes. It's funny. It's funny. Very funny. But anyway. I got well, a, hang on. He spent the whole podcast being a mosquito buzzing around my ear, biting me, and I say one thing. No, no, you're fair. That's fair. Yeah. Fair, fair. I remember the call. I got a call to cover a Monday night. I think it was a Monday night game. Tigers, somebody. In Campbelltown, and I went down. Your and, memory's as bad as mine. I can't, do you know what I remember? It's, it was the night that Simon Dwyer got injured. Oh, okay. yeah. I had to cover that, and I remember that was my first ever game. I wasn't working at the Herald. It was the Mercury yeah. covering for the Herald. And then when I eventually got the job at the Herald, my first game was Donny Brookvale. Really? They, that was my first game. So I had a couple, real initiation. Glenn Jackson is the head of the media. Uh, he's one of the heads of the media at the NRL. He, um, the great Glenn Jackson. The great, sorry, I should be called the great Glenn, Glenn. Glenn with two ends. He he was there that night. I was supposed to do the. Um, he said to me at the start of the match, "You do the news, mate. I'll I'll take care of the match report." I said no problem. So we're twenty odd whatever minutes in. Or mm. hell broke breaks loose. <laughs> Shit fight. Can we say that again? Oh. Yeah, yeah, say it again. And then he turns to me and says, "I got the news, mate. <laughs> you so do, I the was match left to do the match report." Uh, that was uh, the beginning of thanks, the Glenn. End. Beginning of the end, correct? Yes. Uh, well, gentlemen, thank you for that. That's uh, a big congratulations to Hall of Fame inductees George Pickens and Ian Heads. So they were inducted yesterday in an event, but maybe um, honoured again at the Dally M's. If there's going to be a Dally M's, mm. Mm. Good question. Yeah, yeah I mean, you chase that boycott. one. Bring your mates at the RLPA. They love you. They won't take my calls. <laughs> there's a lot of those people. On that note, thanks, gents. Have a good week. Peace out. 